You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast for Wednesday, June the 22nd of 2022. I am Lucas Smith, host of the show. Thanks for tuning in today, making Locked On Cardinals your first listen of the day each and every day. And this episode has a special sponsor today because you're going to love this. It's brought to you by the Sports Card Investor app. Welcome to the world of trading cards that is reimagined. Stay tuned for a little bit later in the show. For more information on this awesome new tool for collectors and beginners as well, you're going to want to check out the Sports Card Investor app. I have, and I love it. I'll tell you a little bit more about that later on in the show. But I want to tell you first and foremost about Nolan Gorman, because how good he was as he powers the Cardinals, as I mentioned, to a 6-2 win. And he, he was the name of the game yesterday. We'll talk about Flaherty, obviously the disappointment there. Um, three innings again. Only two earned runs, aided by some defense. He was able to get a double play ball. That helped him there for sure. But you look at the Cardinals offensively as a whole before we get to Gorman. They, they stepped up. I tweeted this out. They stepped up and responded after getting shut out the day before by scoring two quick runs in that first inning. You had the uh, Yepes ground out and then the Nolan Gorman. Guess who? The Nolan Gorman single. But overall, you after the Edmund flyout, single and double by Donovan and Arenado. Even even Carlson, who made the last out, lined out to make it a hard out. So the Cardinals were seeing the ball well off of Chichi Gonzalez. And Nolan Gorman was seeing the ball well every single time at the plate. As he goes four for four, scores two runs, drives in four, does not strike out once. His average is up to 280, OPS up to 866. He is putting together really a great season. And not to get too ahead of ourselves here, but he was pretty up there in the all-star voting. So if he continues to go on this kind of run... Uh, then you got to wonder what is the upside for Gorman. You already, according to BaseballReference.com, a 1.1 WAR, so already up there. Only 29 games, 93 plate appearances, or excuse me, 93 at bats, 103 plate appearances. So getting to about that mark where you start to see what a player is made of in a season. Slash line 280, 350, 516. That 516 slugging percentage is the most out of anybody with 93 or more at bats. The next closest um, would be Jax Sawinski with 154 at-bats as a slugging percentage of 481. <clears throat> Excuse me. So Sawinski, who had the big three homer day, is having a very nice rookie season for, for Pittsburgh. Obviously, his slugging percentage is up there, but Nolan Gorman is up there in just a very short amount of time. Um, obviously, Gorman's going to have a run for his money for Rookie of the Year with Sawinski. You, you would assume O'Neill Cruz does well. Uh, you've got some other players in the National League that could be Rookie of the Year. But for an OPS of 866, and again, just 93 at-bats. That, 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 that's what's key here. He has six home runs already. He's driven in six, 17, excuse me. He has four doubles as well, 33 strikeouts. Um, when, you, when you look at it, baseball savant for the strikeout percentage, that is a K rate um, of 32%, which is a bit tall. But what we're able to live with with Gorman, we're, um, excuse me, we're able to live with the strikeouts for Gorman because of what he's able to do at the plate when he makes contact. He only has one home run this season, less than 400 feet, and it was a walloping 396 feet, and it came last night. This man does not hit cheap shots. He is the left-handed power bat that, in my opinion, the Cardinals have been searching for for a very long time. Maybe not very long. You could argue Carpenter was that as recently as 2018 and even a decent 2019, but especially, really, it was 2018 was his last great season. But name another left-handed power bat that the Cardinals have had. 
They've got plenty of right-handed power bats. You've got Goldschmidt. You've got uh, Arenado. O'Neill's been a power bat for them in the, in the past. You've got some great power bats that are right-handed. Brad Miller supplied that role in 2020 from the left side for a short time. But Gorman really fills the need that the Cardinals were lacking and that they tried to get with Corey Dickerson, a left-handed productive bat off the bench, while Gorman has played so well that he has earned playing time. Really, he cost Paul DeYoung his job because Gorman was lighting it up at the minor league level. DeYoung was not lighting it up at the major league level, to put it nicely. So you give Gorman the job, you get a left-handed bat in the lineup, and it's a left-handed, absolutely power bat. Again, if Gorman does this right, you know, if he hits 280 for the season, 350 on base, a 516 slugging for an 866 OPS, hits four home runs every 30 games, or six home runs every 30 games, excuse me, that'll play at the major league level. We've seen him improve drastically even in a short amount of time at second base. You know, maybe he's not Tommy Evan level, or maybe, you know, he's not upper echelon of fielders, but he has improved at second base enough that you don't feel like, oh my gosh, you can't play him. The downside to Gorman, other than the strikeout rate, is that you really can't play him against left-handed pitching. Uh, we, we have seen that. We, we saw he was going to get pinch hit for uh, with Josh Hader on the mound on Monday if he would have gotten, uh, if his spot would have gotten up there. He, he has shown... That, that's been a major weakness for him is against those left-handed pitchers. Um, when, when you when you look at the, the, the stats, completely back that up, and there there are times against lefties, really, that, that, that he just looks lost swinging the bat against left-handed pitching. And it's so b- bizarre. That is going to be the thing that he has to work on for his career. Um, but when you look at against left-handed pitching, only six games because they're not giving him any opportunities. Um but he, he just at times has looked lost with, with, with the strikeouts there. Um, obviously, he is he's two for five against left-handed pitching, so they're not as bad as I thought. I beg your pardon there. Uh, but but that still, they're not going to give him any opportunities against left-handed pitching. He struck out a couple times in, against the lefties in, in Chicago. But you, you see, it might be two for five. The average might look good, but what I'm trying to get at it is that of his 29 games, Six of those have come against left-handed pitching. And in those six games, when they gotten five at-bats against left-handed pitching. They're not even giving him the opportunity. Now, you could argue, well, he deserves an opportunity. I would argue, don't broke what ain't fixed. Keep him in against right-handed pitching. And I, I think that that is a, a fine plan to have for Nolan Gorman going forward because he is hitting right-handed pitching extremely well, especially with, with power. The power is coming from when he's facing right-handed pitching. There's, there's no question about that. And he, it's just so effortless with Gorman. That's the thing. They were talking about staying behind the ball yesterday in the broadcast. And, you know, he's not taking vicious hacks up there. He's not coming unloaded. He unloads on the baseball when he hits him. But he's not like, it's not a vicious, violent swing. It's a very smooth, compact swing right to the baseball. Not many second basemen have the kind of power that Nolan Gorman has. And again, it, it's... at when you really look at what he's doing, he's doing something that the Cardinals have lacked for quite some time. Because even Wong, who from the left side at second base, wasn't necessarily a power threat. You know, he, he could run into one. He had some pretty quick hands in uh, at the left side, but wasn't necessarily a huge power bat per se, uh, like a Nolan Gorman. 
So I was really impressed with Gorman last night. I mean, I mean, again, how could you not be? Again, four for four, two runs scored, hit the man with home run against Chichi Gonzalez, and then as well off of Sanchez later in the game. Showcased why he's at the major league level. That's what Nolan Gorman did, plain and simple. He showcased why he was at the major league level, and he put the, and he helped the Cardinals put themselves in a position, as I mentioned in the open a little bit, that. Um, what, what put them in a position to, if you split the next two games, you split with Milwaukee overall, then all of a sudden you're, you're still tied for first place, and that was worst-case scenario. I understand that. But he's put them, helped them, and put themselves in a position to do just that and to remain at least tied for first place because uh, you can't lose three out of four to a team that you're chasing or a team that you're competing with. But just, again, to kind of close the book on Gorman here, he's been, I think he's been higher than, than I expect him to be. Because I thought he would struggle more than he has. Because historically speaking, he has struggled when he first gets called up to the new level. Not to say he won't struggle. Then the reason I think he might struggle some more is because he's seen 223 fastballs. Um, and he's sitting 277, slugging 532. He's, sitting, he's seen 102 off-speed pitches. He's sitting 296, slugging 667. And then he, you know, he's seen 108 breaking ball pitches, according to Baseball Savant. His batting average there, 263, but his expected batting average, 190. So I would expect Major League pitchers to start using more breaking balls against Gorman to see if they can exploit any weakness that he might have. So we'll see if he's able to adjust once the league adjusts. But so far, through 100-ish at-bats, 93, right, 103 plate appearances, Gorman is impressive. Let me know your thoughts on the rookie in the comment section on YouTube. You can DM me on Twitter at LJFastball. DM the show on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals. That's also the Instagram handle. You can also email the show anytime at LockedOnCards at gmail.com. We do have to talk about, sadly, uh, Jack Flaherty. Because Jack Flaherty was not over overly impressive yesterday. Um, was able to gut through three innings and, and keep the damage to a minimum. But he did let up, let up some damage. And the control, again, was not there. So before we get to that... Pretty negative note. I want to tell you first off about this incredible new partner of the Sports Card Investor app. This is completely free. You can easily browse over 630,000 cards from every sport with hundreds more added each week. So if you miss baseball cards or you want to get into baseball cards, this is the site for you. It's incredible. Check the latest values of your cards with 7-day, 30-day charts to see how much they're worth. And you can find the best prices and you can buy directly through the app with our eBay deals feature. So whether you, again, whether you collect cards currently, you're looking for new investment opportunities, this free sports card investor app has something for you. You have breakout stars or prospects debuting as well. O'Neill Cruz over in Pittsburgh. You can get the uh, Nolan Gorman baseball card as well. Maybe you want an Albert Pujols card. You want some nostalgia. You want Adam Wainwright, Yadier Molina. You can go on the Sports Card Investor app and you can find these cards for you. Or if you're just interested in getting into Sports Card, you can find a great value on your favorite players, no matter the sport or out of the team. It is incredible. I've collected baseball cards when I was little. Kind of got out of it. This app has gotten me back into it. It's a great app. I highly recommend you used it. So download the Sports Card Investor app. Again, Sports Card Investor app today. It's available for free in the Google Play and Apple App Stores, or go to sportscardinvestor.com slash locked on. Again, that website, sportscardinvestor.com slash locked on. J. 
Jack Flaherty was ineffective for the second straight night, or second straight start, I should say. Uh, it, it was tough to watch, really. When he struggles, he struggles. Uh, but but real quick, one live NBA draft show is not enough for Locked On. We here at the Locked On Podcast Network, we want to go all out. So no matter what team you're an NBA fan of, Every NBA channel is going live on draft night. So if you have a favorite NBA team, be sure to subscribe to their Locked On YouTube channel to get notified when they go live on draft night. But Jack Flaherty's final line, three innings, three hits, two earned, five walks, a strikeout, and a home run. And what was most concerning for me, obviously, was the five walks. And they talked about this next part a little bit in the broadcast. The pace was down for Flaherty. And I understand what Jimmy Ballgame was, was saying in terms of trying to slow himself down, get himself right. But I'm of the state of mind, I'm of the the opinion that pitchers work best when they work at a quick pace. Obviously, every pitcher's got their own little niche and you could find different paces for yourself. But I think overall, if you're working quickly, you're going to have a better chance of success, in my opinion. So, Flaherty, you know, he had a 75-pitch count limit. He, He went 71, only three innings. There's an argument now, hindsight is 100% 2020 on this next point. There's an argument now that Flaherty probably should have stayed in the minor leagues to tweak a few more things. We can say that now knowing how his first two major league starts went. Because overall, his minor league rehab starts were good, both in terms of the box score as well as you know the, the metrics back on his pitches. So there was a really good argument, and again, I talked about this when he first came back, there's an argument that he was ready for it and that he went to his manager and said, hey, I want to come to the major league level. I want the intensity to be up. Because Jimmy Edmonds also talked about that. Say what you will about Jimmy Edmonds, but he also brought up this point that you can't simulate a major league baseball game. The adrenaline that goes along with it, the the stakes that go along with it, especially a type of game like it was last night. You're already a game back in the division. You're playing a team that you're chasing. Stress is high. Middle of June, still stress is high. Can't simulate that at the minor league level. You just can't. So I understand the thought process of wanting him to come back. And if it took him these two starts, Flaherty, if it took him these two starts to figure these things out, and then he comes back out the next, you know, his next start when he's on no limit, and he goes out and has a Jack Flaherty type season, a Jack Flaherty type run, then great. You're able to live with these two starts, especially the second one since the offense backed him up. Because the offense did a great job in the top of the first, like I talked about a little bit last segment. They were shut out the day before. We're going to come out and get two runs against Chichi Gonzalez, who has a 7-plus CRA coming into the start. We're going to show that this offense is legit, that, that we can hit bad pitching. Then Flaherty comes in, gives up a two-run home run in the first inning. Luckily, that's all he gave up. He was aided by a double play ball uh, later in his start as well. He's able to work out of a couple jams, self-induced jams with the five walks. But again, it's it's pretty much the same script for Flaherty. He's got to be better. He's got to be more effective. He's got to have better control of his stuff. You know, people might say he hasn't been good for for a really long time and all these things. And again, last year, first half of the year, when he made his 11 starts at the major league level before he got hurt, he was on a All Star Cy Young type track. So it really wasn't that long ago that Flaherty had some success. I've seen some. Different tweets by different people saying, why are we expecting Jack Flaherty to be an ace? He hasn't been an ace since 2019. And I highly, highly, highly will will debate that. 
he was bad when he came back last year. I understand that. He came back twice after he got hurt. But he was good for a short time last year for 11 starts. And you might combat that by saying, oh, Lucas, that was a short time. It was only 11 starts. I, I understand that, but you can't tell me it's been two years, three years since Flaherty put on a good run. It's been a year. It's recent. It's there. And I still think if he's able to command the strike zone, he can be effective. We saw glimpses of that later in his start. Edmonds talked about the body language change, flipped the baseball up, and then he was able to, to run with it. We saw glimpses of it in his last start. And again, I'm not trying to sugarcoat this by saying, oh, it's, it's fine. Flaherty is going to be fine. I have no concerns. There's a concern level there, obviously. But hopefully now that he will be off a pitch count limit, so you don't have that number in the back of your head. You're off a pitch count limit. You're out, you're out of an innings limit. You just got to make sure he's, he's healthy and, he, and he's pitching well. Maybe that mindset will help Flaherty. Doesn't have to deal with a, a limit. Like I said, he's got nothing else to think about but just to go out there and pitch. Feels healthy, feels great. Hopefully, hopefully the stuff feels there, the command's there. Because he's got the stuff, everybody. He has got the stuff. Who else had the, who had the stuff last night, because Flaherty did not, was the Cardinal bullpen. Zach Thompson walked a man in his one and two-thirds. Verhagen got one out. Gallegos, a perfect, un, or blemish-free two innings. Helsley gave up a hit. Six shutout innings for the bullpen last night. This bullpen, when you have Gallegos and Helsley pitching, really, 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 really good. And I cannot say really enough. <laughs> the one hesitancy I had about sending Helsley back out for the ninth inning is now Helsley is likely done for today. 31 pitches. Yesterday, I, I understand the rationale between him pitching because he hadn't pitched in over, just over a week since game one or two in Pittsburgh with the doubleheader last week. So we needed to get the work done. But up four in the ninth inning, Helsley got his work in. Maybe you consider sitting him so then you have him today in a win. Because some people might call Marmol a hypocrite by saying, oh, he said he's only pitching high leverage, and then a few days later he's pitching when the Cardinals were up four. What's the, what gives? Helsley needed work. He did need work. So it's not like I blame Marmol for bringing him into the game because when he brought him into the game, he needed to get the work. And when, when Helsley gets up in the bullpen, McLaughlin talks about this a lot in the broadcast, when Helsley gets up in the bullpen, Helsley's coming in. Bar none. Which I don't have a huge problem with, but my hesitancy now is that now if you get in a situation in the ninth inning, you're up by one or two, who's your closer? Cabrera will be available today. But who's your bridge? Verhagen, maybe. He threw three pitches yesterday. Whitgren's going to be an option. McFarland, maybe. Oviedo might be available again after he pitched on Monday. Got some options, but how how many solid options do you have? Now, you do have Adam Wainwright on the mound, so maybe you're expecting him to go deep into a game, give you six, seven innings, which is not all that rare for him to do recently. But that was my only kind of hesitancy and negative about the bullpen usage yesterday was keeping Helsley in for that ninth inning. Uh, but his, his season didn't get any worse. He gave up a hit, which was, I mean, I might as well cut Helsley now after giving up a hit. My gosh. <laughs> but but no, for, for real, Helsley has put together an, an unreal season. 22 games, 27 innings, 37 strikeouts, .52 whip, a microscopic ERA, 
of 0.33. Hasn't given up an earned run in his last nine and a third innings. He's only given up one earned run in his last 18 and two-thirds of an inning. In fact, only one earned run the entire year. Ryan Housley has been dominant. He should be on the all-star team this year. There's there's no question about it. Zero. Housley, uh, just a remarkable year that I don't think is going unnoticed, but needs to be noticed more. Somehow it needs to be noticed more than it already is. <laughs> uh, but but nevertheless, talked about Wainwright a little bit. Cardinals are going to be looking to him, especially with the lack of closer-type people available. They'll be looking for him to go the distance. I think a good recipe for success. Actually, you know what? I'll tell you about the recipe for success coming up here in just a moment. But first, I do want to tell you about LinkedIn. Because with the sun coming out, summer's here, businesses are back in business, and LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier for you to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. You can create a job post in minutes on LinkedIn to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then you just add your job and add your purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring so your network can help find people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easier to focus on candidates with just the right skill set and experience level so you can quickly prioritize who you want to hire and interview. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster because did you know that every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. Again, that is linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. I also want to tell you about Blue Nile, because whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, you can find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. It has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as the setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring is one of a kind, and if you're looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing, I'm right there with you. Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7 available via the phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make her your moment sparkle with BlueNile.com. Locked on sports listeners get $50 off, $500 purchases or more. Again, this podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. You can shop stress-free and find your forever peace by going to BlueNile.com today. Adam Wainwright gets the ball for the St. Louis Cardinals tonight, and he just continues to defy baseball logic. His last start at Boston did not go entirely to plan, was charged four earned runs, was not in there for all four, as inherited runners scored. Uh, but start before that against Cincinnati, seven innings, eight hits, three earned, a walk, seven punch out. Before that at Chicago, seven innings, nine hits, two earned, two walks. Did not strike out a batter, but was still phenomenal. So far in the season, he's 5-5 five and five with a 306 ERA, 13 games started, 79 and a third innings pitched, whip of 1.24. He's been better than I've expected him to be. You know, I, I mentioned multiple, I mentioned many times 
uh, that, that I tend to not bet against Adam Wainwright, tend to not bet against him at home, big moments. I would put this up there as a big moment. Maybe not the, the largest stage per se, but a big moment nonetheless. Um, Wainwright is going to need to step up against the Brewers tonight. Cardinals need him to go deep into the game. And when you look at his game log against the Brewers, not fantastic this season. Four and a third, eight hits, four runs. They were all earned. A home run, two walks, seven strikeouts on the 14th. That was at Milwaukee. And then on the 26th at home against Milwaukee, gives just five innings, gives up 10 hits, four runs. Three of those were earned. A home run, a walk, and two strikeouts. Those 10 hits are the most amounts of hits he's given up in a single start. Uh, this year. So track record this season for Wayne and Nakud. He'll be going up against lefty Eric Lauer, so likely we'll see Albert in the lineup tonight. Lauer 6-2 and two with a 3-5-7 ERA and 12 starts, 68 innings, 72 strikeouts on the year. Cardinals tend to hit left-handed pitching pretty well, so you feel pretty good about yourself going into tonight's start. Uh, Lauer did pitch once against St. Louis in St. Louis. That was uh, on the 26th of May. Five innings, four hits, two earned runs, four walks, and a strikeout. So we'll look for the Cardinals to uh, rely on the walks once again. But his last start, six and a third, four earned runs on six hits, three home runs against Cincinnati in Cincinnati, a walk and five strikeouts. So Lauer does give up his fair share of home runs. He also gave up three home runs against Washington to start before that on June the 11th. Cardinals are going to be able to look advan- going to look to take advantage of that. The offense needs to find some more consistency. They were consistent for a while. Again, this this offense is a little bit more of a complete offense now that we're we're seeing guys take more complete at bats. Brandon Donovan, I think, is is a huge part of that. But Adam Wainwright is going to have a tall task ahead of him because the Brewers have some really good numbers against him. Willie Adamas, not so much. He's 1 out of 11. But Victor Caratini is 3 out of 9 with a home run. Kevin Hurey has a home run, 4 RBIs, and 14 at-bats. Andrew McCutcheon in 70 at-bats is hitting 314. He's got two home runs and 11 RBIs. Omar Narvaez has a home run and 4 RBIs and 20 at-bats. Uh, Tyrone Taylor is 3 out of 8 with two home runs. Uh, Rowdy Tellez, 3 out of 10. Luis Urias has two home runs and 11 at-bats. Kristen Yelich, 265 and 34 at-bats. So some of the Brewers have his number, and he'll be looking to correct that tonight uh, as the Cardinals look to get back in first place because the Cardinals, now they're, they're and the Brewers are tied. The goal now has to be to at least split the next two. Wayne Wright tonight, it's a very good first step. And for the offense, yeah, you were shut down against one of the game's best in Burns. You, you beat up a little bit on the Brewers' uh, maybe B-list, uh, starters and, and relievers yesterday. What can you do against Lauer? Made 12 starts. Again, a pretty decent ERA. What can you do against Lauer? And what could Wainwright do against this Brewers offense? Because I think it's going to be a dogfight. I don't think runs are going to be at, a, at an ultimate premium. Probably going to be a, you know anywhere from four to seven runs uh, in tonight's game. And the big question for the Cardinals to me is if you get a lead, how do you bridge the gap between Wainwright and likely Cabrera? in the ninth inning, because I think he's your best reliever that will likely be available, because I don't think Helsley or Gallegos will be available. So, uh, thanks for tuning in. Once again, making this your first listen, be sure to subscribe to any Locked On NBA channel, as they will be going live uh, on draft night um, to give you all the coverage you could possibly want for the NBA. Uh, Be sure to also listen to Locked On MLB before you go as well. Until I talk to you guys tomorrow, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.